Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hate all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. So far, we haven't seen widespread fraud, but so far, we haven't tried it. And the people are playing with fire. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. C-C-O-R. You know what it is. A dimly lit room. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound on this little Friday. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Angela Merkel. Who that? Why that? Angela Merkel. She is the Chancellor of Germany, you know. Nazi she, Germany. No, no, no. Regular Germany, Michael. She has stiff-armed both uh, Xi Jinping and Vlad Putin in the last 48 hours. Nice. Now, she's also... Uh, Hasn't she been in charge of Germany for like 20 years? It seems like forever. She's also uh, put on perfume and accepted Vlad Putin's pipeline, uh, if you will. They're uh, a third dependent on Russia for their... Ne- you should have heard the rough draft of that one, Sean. Oh, freezing, please. <laughs> no. Oh, trust me. That was, that was the edited one. Uh, the uh, They're already dependent on Russia for a third of their natural gas, I guess, and that's about to double with this new pipeline they're building, so th- Putin's got them bent over. But how long do you get to stay... Uh, is she president or prime minister? I don't remember what they uh, got. Chancellor. There. Chancellor. Yes. How long do you get to stay chancellor? Remember Bush rubbing her shoulders? That was a big deal. That was three presidents ago. Yeah. Well, she's very popular. I don't know. Bush, Apparently, two terms of Obama and a full term of Trump, and she's still in charge of Germany? Yeah. That's yeah, they have, they have a very different system than ours, and I know just a little bit about it. She's the FDR of Germany. Yeah, they, the peeps love her. I guess it's a broad. four years renewable term length that without term limits. For as long as your pantsuit holds out, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the unemployment numbers are in as it is Thursday. Another 800, almost 900,000 people filed for help from uh, the government. Uh, as Joe always points out, that's a new crowd of 900,000 people. That's not the same people. This is new people. Now, that's below a million, so people get excited about raw numbers, but it's still historically just insanely high. But it's headed the right direction. Could be good news, but only could be. Well, and we received a uh, a fabulous note from alert listener Julie, who pointed out that the reason for that is more and more businesses are shuttering. Sure. Or making furloughs permanent, Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot more of that to come. Oh, yeah. Um, the big financial number really should be that the uh, the federal government announced yesterday that our our total deficit for 2020 is going to end up being 3.3 trillion dollars. Uh, that's 16 percent of GDP. And if you're not keeping track, that's the largest annual deficit as a percentage of GDP since 1945, when we were paying off. World War II. Exactly. And um, it wouldn't bother me nearly so much, except leading up to this crisis, there was zero indication that they were going to find their sense of responsibility. They, meaning everybody in D.C. And after the COVID finally goes away and leaves our lives, and there are days I doubt that'll ever happen, but I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, when it does finally go away, there will be no tendency toward uh, responsibility again. 
That's the part that worries me. The Wall Street Journal says the pandemic has become the fiscal equivalent of a war. I would say that thanks to the economic lockdowns and the competition by both parties to ease voter anxieties with cash in an election year. The political class seems to agree this is a price worth paying since neither party wants to talk about it in the election campaign. As Joe keeps bringing up, have you heard a single person, and I have not, heard a single person talk about tightening our belt because these are tough times? No. 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 You're you're a family. Dad just lost his job, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how, how who can hand you more money somehow. No discussion of maybe we should get rid of our Netflix. Maybe we should not go on vacation this year. Right. Maybe right. we should move into a smaller place. Doesn't maybe, even come up. Maybe we should stop eating out. Maybe there's a bunch of things maybe we should do since we don't have any income anymore. No. Yeah. No conversations about, you know, we're going to have to get a little leaner here. These are tough times. Zero from either party. Yeah. That's a doomsday scenario. That is a government reflecting the morality of its people, I oh, believe. That is rough. And, and we'll see if that changes. We've been talking about uh, savings rates have increased. Uh, people are, are getting more practical. They're getting more I conservative. Have, I've cut back. Oh, yeah, me too. And, um, and we're not exactly minimum wage guys. So I wonder whether that change in the populace might change our, our desires uh, for government. In the future, I doubt it very strongly. I can understand. Yeah, I can understand why the politicians are doing what they're doing. Do you think you'd get people rallying if you talked about time to tighten our belt? Eliminate redundancy. Eliminate redundant. No, nobody has ever chanted that in the history of government. Oof. Yeah, no, that's rough. I, I just I feel bad for the youngsters who are going to be saddled with enormous taxes, high interest rates and the rest of it. But. I don't know. No, there's no constituency for this, as we've discussed before. Nobody wants to hear it. No. So, no. Who, so why are we talking about we it? We apologize. Nobody wants to hear it. Stay tuned. I'll give you the R-rated version of the Angela Merkel quote. Hmm. Stay tuned. Let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. I can't wait to play our opening clip just because I want to get into that conversation. Nancy Pelosi said, and, and I know this is an amazing hyperbolic statement, but she, she said one of the craziest things I've ever heard a politician say yesterday. Hmm. I mean, I just I can't believe a person at her level actually said this. Anyway, uh, there's our board operator, Michelangelo. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I keep hearing that there may be a coronavirus being distributed by November 1st. But I'm just thinking, if it really does come on November 1st, two days before the election, would Trump go on national TV with a syringe and say, this is a coronavirus vaccine in my hand right here? Tiffany, and then grabs his daughter and injects her <laughs> right there on national TV. <laughs> what are you doing, Dad? She has no idea. <laughs> Tiffany, it what? Someone else. <laughs> Just yeah, and hands it to someone else. They jab them. First of all, so. guaranteed it would be Eric, not Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan. Uh, is that uh, an attempt to be some sort of uh, October surprise, as they call it? Well, come up with a vaccine. I, I, Obviously, that's going to be the spin from the left. I would suggest that trying to get a good vaccine out as soon as possible is a pretty defensible policy. Yeah. I don't. Does it? Does you get a, pen, a political benefit for, for it? I don't, I don't know. I think if people get the sense, ah, it's over, they did get the vaccine in, in record time, yeah, that would be a huge bump. Huh. That's, that's my uh, thought. That's my impression. Sure, yeah. If we, There will be. I'm speaking for myself, but as I haven't said this for a long time, I have the ability to see into the soul of the American people. Boy, that's handy. I sense it. It's like a psychic thing. You should use that more often. There will yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think we have such enormous ratings, Sean? 
<laughs> because that that whole soul seeing thing I got going. Anyway, uh, when it is clear that hey, the vid thing is behind us, we're moving out into the sunshine. There is going to be a euphoria. Like the birth of your child, wedding day, your team wins the World Series, you kiss your first girl and or guy and or gender nonspecific. I mean, it's going to be an explosion of joy. I'm I'm hugging everybody. Yes. (laughs) It'll be like VJ Day, which was yesterday, wasn't it? Right. 75th anniversary. We missed that, and we apologize for that, but... Um, uh, uh, Japan's good and beat, so I, you know, I don't want to dwell on it because they're our buddies now, and you know, you don't want to rub your friend's face and that sort of thing. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Remember when I kicked your ass in high school? I mean, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Whoa. Hey. Wow. Yeah. It's just hurtful. Right. Uh, there's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I'd uh, I, I'd spent too many consecutive days in a row uh, in in Chateau Relaxo, just cooped up, and I. I am personally fine with that, but I understand that that's not necessarily a sustainable long-term thing. So I went out, uh, uh, got together with a buddy, went to the driving range, and, and kind of swung mm-hmm. swung some clubs a little around, just tried to get some body movement going, because I don't do that all that often when it's uh, just me in the apartment. But If I, I did... lived your lifestyle, I would weigh 500 pounds. Isn't that something? I have to exercise like an Olympic athlete yeah, to I... stay fat. <laughs> I do, I do a little bit to try to, again, just the bare minimum so I don't become that. Good man. Um, but, uh, but at the golf course, I saw something that I had not seen before. This is the next evolution of the golf cart. It is the golf motorcycle. Yes. Have you seen these, Joe? Yes. Have there you... are a number of innovations. The golf surfboard. Oh, my. Have you used what? one of these yet? Uh, I have not. Oh, I have man. no idea what you're talking about. So it's, it's, it's essentially just like a low-rider motorized scooter. The, the, the clubs, I guess, sit kind of... In between your legs going up over the handlebars. Yeah, you have to use kind of a special skinny bag. Right, That's the only right. drawback. But, uh. Uh, but For a single person, I suppose. Yes. Not, not for two people. Right. No. It, it yeah. is ju- just for one. And then I'm I'm just picturing doing like burnouts in the sand mm-hmm. traps and, uh, oh, yeah. you, you know, just ha- just having a good old time on it. But that, that seems like maybe just worth a round of golf on its own. Why, why they now so have long? these scooters. They look like half a scooter, half a surfboard, too, with the handle and everything. Then the bag gets uh, stuck on the back. Individual little scooters you could glide around the golf course. It's very cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Why now? Innovation, Jack. America, the yeah, free but- market. <laughs> if Ted Wheeler and the communists get hold, we'll be riding in old Soviet golf carts for the rest of our lives. Hmm. Oh, did you see who his challenger is going to be? Have you fo- been following oh, this? Yeah, the the lady. He's going to face off against an Antifa uh, candidate. That's right. Yeah, she says I am Antifa. Wow. Yeah. We'll see if Antifa actually gets its first uh, foothold into elected government. Portland is such a bizarre experiment. It's already pretty far down the road of where it's going to be some sort of breakaway uh, communist republic. If this chick gets elected, it, it, it'll, it'll be something unprecedented in the U.S. since 1861. Wow. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that coming up. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it already get to be Thursday, September the 3rd, my dad's birthday, 83rd birthday, uh, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approved this program. Let's begin then officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I take responsibility for falling for a setup by a neighborhood salon that I've gone to for years. We'll have to play the whole thing later. Nancy Pelosi says repeatedly, I take full responsibility for falling for a setup. 
That wow. is one of my favorite answers of all time. That, sh- I, I take your question. <laughs> I take responsibility for falling for a trap. That is great. She even got beat up by CBS, NBC, Don Lemon on CNN. Nobody could handle that. That was too much for everyone. For her to say, I take responsibility for being set up. So she got pushback <laughs> on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah. I, I took in a nobody, fair amount of the liberal media. But... Nobody thought that was an okay oh, That's refreshing. <laughs> that was so weak. It's, it's almost enjoyable to see when somebody gets caught so red-handed, they have to go with the counterattack. Like, it was, I guess it was Tucker Carlson used the example of Marion Barry. Who, when he got busted smoking crack with a hooker or his girlfriend or his girlfriend hooker or something, uh, this is a setup. Bitch, set me up. This is a setup. Yep, it's a setup. Well, you're smoking crack. That's illegal. I mean, it's a setup. Wow. Yeah. More on that coming up. How's mailbag look? <laughs> oh, it's very nice. People are people are fired up. Mm. We have a freedom hating quote of the day. Okay, cool. Ooh, a spinoff. Yeah. There was some scary news about how strong China's military is came out yesterday. Uh-oh. They now have a bigger navy than we do. Um, among other things, it's uh yeah. These are strange times. Um, we'll catch up on all that stuff. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Labor Day weekend? This weekend? Yes. That's the official end of summer when things get serious. No more messing around. I feel like that's happened this week at our house because school started. Man, getting used to this schedule again of uh, everybody getting to bed early. Homework. This has got to get done this time. This person's got to go there then. All that. Yeah, and those muscles have got to be a little bit uh, lax. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Mailbag. Here's your freedom hating quote of the day. Well, I guess it is a freedom loving quote of the day now that I think about it. Uh, it was actually uh, first said, they think, by Jacques Millet Dupont. If you do not like my French pronunciation, kiss my baguette. Um, you. Uh, he was the guy who said, essentially, and the revolution shall devour its children. Oh, really? As he observed the French Revolution. And uh, loyal listener Jeff uh, points out the same words absolutely could have been spoken by Robespierre, Trotsky, Ted Weasel in Portland, 2020, or any number of communist and totalitarian dictators. They come to power in the revolution with the help of a lot of dupes, and then the first thing they do is put everybody who helped them in front of the firing squad so they can seize uh, complete power. But it doesn't matter how many times history does that. People are still duped. Moving along. Stuart writes, heard on the radio that some group wants to stun crustaceans before boiling them. What next? Social distancing for sardines? Mm. I don't believe that's a serious inquiry, Stuart, and I don't appreciate you wasting our time. Uh, Joe, you are so full of crap. No, Joe, writes Thomas. Not a lot of context there. (laughs) Oh, that's it? That's it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Matt points out, we've reached the struggle session in the U.S. There's a struggle session in Northwestern University Law School. These people are future attorneys and judges. We are effed. 
Do you know what a struggle session is? I do in China. Is that what they're talking about? Yeah, and they had similar in the Soviet Union where uh, a crowd surrounds you, whether in public or in a, a, a you know a, a place, a building, and uh, they force you to confess to all your sins. They berate you uh, verbally, often beat you physically until you kowtow completely to the revolution. And sure enough, they are having those now at major universities. My name is Emily Blank. I'm a racist and a gatekeeper of white supremacy. I will work to be better. Tell us more about what you've done, Emily. Goes on and on till you are completely prostrate in front of them, begging for mercy. Yeah, I will not be participating in one of those. No, indeed. And that's uh, one thing I want to talk about today. I-, I want to figure out how we can empower people to say no to some of these uh, Marxist indoctrination sessions. Uh, we have uh, one uh, person was kind enough to send a lot of what they are being forced to recite and confess to uh, for a public school job. Oof. Yeah, oof is right. Uh, let's see. This is a uh, listener, Ben, who points out that on... Uh, uh, fact check? What is it? Facebook now fact checks the post that says, if you go to Antifa.com, it redirects to Biden's website. They said it's misinformation. Even though the fact check says it's true, they call it misleading. Well, yeah, it links. I don't know I don't know whose idea it, it, it was, but it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> the Biden campaign didn't do that because they want you to think they're Antifa, right? It's just... It's it's Tom Fuller. Have a good one coming up. You know the whole your soap opera name is your first name plus the street you drew, grew up on or something? I've got what's your sad alcoholic name is a pretty good one. Ouch. Got a twist to it. Ouch. Among other news stories to get to. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let me, let me talk to them really quick. This is the type of foolishness that we're talking about. This man took his vehicle and tried to pass it through a peaceful protest and tried to kill us. That's exactly what happened. This is why when we try to tell you we're trying to keep this damn city calm, and this is what is happening a right now. This is Josh Gellin and friends, folks. That's that it. Will run that car That's it. For you, act like they didn't do anything wrong. Boy, if I had only heard that clip and didn't hadn't you know read the description and seen the video and everything like yeah. that, I'd be completely misled by what happened in that little story. That video is posted at ArmstrongandGetty.com. You must watch it. You will probably watch it twice. It is unintentionally hilarious, almost a parody of the social justice warrior thing. It is troubling, though, because you see that young man there who is shrieking is completely unhinged. He's wildly dishonest and inaccurate, but he is conv- he is completely convinced of his own righteousness. Uh, it's, it's, it's simultaneously hilarious and scary. And um, what's especially odd is that He's screeching at a guy who pulled into a gas station at one mile per hour and is standing there calmly with his hands at his side saying, hey, I just want to get some gas. This guy is shrieking like a lunatic. Which brings us to um, this uh, material sent along by Al or Aileen Anonymous. Hear that thumping? That's MLK rolling in his grave, they write, and then send along the training materials that they are required to prepare for their next equity session. Now, they are in the world of education, which is completely unhinged. 
as uh, James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose and others have pointed out, this really crazy racism, anti-racism stuff, which is actually Marxism in disguise, uh, first caught hold in the teachers' colleges. Um, it, it came out of the, the the soft sciences, which aren't sciences at all in, in large measure, your social classes, and they infected the teachers' colleges, <clears throat> which is why education so far down this this road. But looking at some of these materials, white supremacy culture. This is a list of characteristics of white supremacy culture that show up in our organizations. Culture is powerful precisely because it is so present and at the same time very difficult to name or identify. That sentence I actually agree with completely. But back to white supremacy, because nobody ever wants to talk about problems in cultures. Anyway, the characteristics listed below are damaging because they are used as norms and standards. Without blah, 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 they're damaging because they promote white supremacy thinking. Because we all live in a white supremacy culture, these characteristics show up in the attitudes and behaviors of all of us. You don't get to just say that, and I have to take that as a fact. Oh, yes, you do, if you want to work, if you want to keep your job. See, so that's if I, So if I have work there, I just have to nod along with you saying we live in a white supremacy culture. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Um, by the way, the, the end point of this, at least for me, is I'm going to try to figure out, and I'm going to consult some of our learned colleagues on this, um, how can we empower people to resist this sort of thing in the workplace? Because it is running roughshod over your rights. It'd be tough. I mean, I got to admit, I mean, if that's my job, I would probably just keep my mouth shut and sign whatever I got to sign to have a job. Right. Uh, which is an insidious and diseased way to run a society. Um, I, t- I totally get your point. Um, but we have to figure out how to empower people. Anyway, so here are your white supremacy uh, cultural uh, characteristics. Perfectionism. Little appreciation among people for the work that they're doing. Just to make a mistake is making a mistake. Don't don't have that reflect on the person. Okay, I don't quite get how that's white supremacy, but moving along, a sense of urgency is white supremacy. This is in the workplace now. Deadlines, production uh, quotas, having to get something to the client on time, that's white supremacy. It conti- a continued sense of urgency that makes it difficult to take time to be inclusive. Encourage democratic and or thoughtful decision-making to think long-term to consider consequences. This is white supremacy. That sounds incredibly racist. Yes. To say that. It is. It is really racist. Are you saying that only white people care about responsibility? and Or, Or in private enterprise, understand that speed is of the essence. This is written, by the way, what I'm reading by Tima Okun, who is obviously... Somebody with psychological problems and probably a couple of degrees who is projecting her own insecurity onto the world at large. And she's cowed a bunch of guilt-ridden white softheads to accept this. Moving along, more uh, examples of white supremacy. Uh, Defensiveness. The organizational structure is set up and much energy spent trying to protect power as it exists rather than facilitate the best out of each person. Well, now, that might be bad management, but I don't get how it's white supremacy. Quantity over quality. White supremacy. Worship of the written word. White supremacy. Because people of color can't read or don't want to or what? She explains, but it doesn't make any sense. It's an incredibly racist view of things. Oh, it's brutally racist. It's straight out of a Klan rally. 
There's only one right way is a white supremacy way of looking at paternalism, either or thinking, power hoarding, fear of open conflict in the workplace. That's white supremacy. People in power are scared of expressed conflict and try to ignore it or run away from it. Individualism is white supremacy. Well, you could certainly extrapolate then that individual rights are white supremacy. Um, I'm the only one. Progress is bigger, more objectivity. Objectivity is white supremacy. The belief that there is such a thing as objective or neutral. The belief that emotions are inherently destructive or rational and should not play a role in decision-making or group process. That's white supremacy. And then there's a a number of reading assignments that you must complete before the next uh, struggle session. Uh, From white supremacy, you need to read me and white supremacy. And you have to answer these questions. You cannot sit silent. Understand that. You must speak in the struggle sessions. What have you learned about you and white privilege? How do you benefit from white privilege? And how have you... Oh, heck, it cuts off the page. Stand by. Jack, any comment? That would be hard for me to do. I could sign the piece of paper that says, you know, I've watched the film and I uh, agree. I could I could click the box and then keep my job. Uh, sitting there and actually explaining the ways in which I'm a white supremacist would be hard to do. Okay, I found it. There it is. Okay. Um, whoops, that's the same one. Coming up, your sad alcoholic name. Um, Why are you looking at me? I'm not looking at anybody. All right. Uh, let's looking see. toward Michael, who barely drinks. Okay, here we go. Uh, why do we need to look at white privilege? White privilege is the reward that white and white-passing people receive in exchange for participating in the system of white supremacy, whether that participation is voluntary or involuntary. In order to dismantle white supremacy, you must understand how much white privilege is a key aspect of life, how you benefit from it, and how you dismantle it. I, I feel like we went from uh, not discussing this to white privilege, which was uh, quite a leap and then and confusing to me, and then we've gone from white privilege to regularly talking about white supremacy. Uh, we've moved further down the road. Right. I feel like that's exactly. happened in the last couple of months. Yep. Okay. I have come to see white privilege as an invisible package of unearned assets that I can count on cashing in each day about which I was meant to remain oblivious. White privilege is like an invisible weightless knapsack of special provisions, assurances, tools, maps, guides, code books, passports, visas, clothes, compass, emergency gear, and blank checks. And you have to sign that and admit to that. Uh, You need to quietly reflect and then write a statement about a picture you're looking at. How to discuss anti-racism. We have to get into the uncomfortable depths of how we feel. Recognize flaws of how we see others. Or if there's a line we won't cross in our defense because we don't want to lose our privilege. A day of reckoning is coming. There is no middle side. You will be forced to choose sides. How to discuss anti-racism. Commit to a depth feeling and learning that is below the surface. And where did you come across this? This is a person in the world of education, public education, in uh, California, who is being forced to take this class and admit these things, say it out loud, sign the forms, participate in these these sessions. And it goes on and on how you must discuss and admit to being a white supremacist. And see, this this is what I'm talking about. We or somebody has to 
figure out a way to empower people to fight back against this. It's it is absolutely insidious, and it is straight out of Chairman Mao's Cultural Revolution. It's straight out of the Soviet Union. It just substitutes racial terms for class terms, and then it does exactly the same things in the same way for the same goal to seize power for a new system. Nobody wants racism. Nobody but lunatics want racism. And we're actually on a pretty good road in this country. But the Marxists realized they weren't getting over with their class struggle, struggle stuff. We, I tweeted uh, this unbelievably great video yesterday. It's a bit longish, and the fact that I watched as much as I did is a tribute to how interesting it is, because I, I do not have time for your 25-minute videos you people send. It's a Yugoslavian woman. She's probably 35, describing how her country fell apart after the fall of the Soviet Union, the Marxists who began to call themselves socialists needed to regain power. And so they, they pitted neighbor against neighbor. And Yugoslavians all looked the same pretty much. With There was a, a Muslim majority that you may have heard about and the, the whole bombings in the 90s and all in the ethnic cleansing. But she describes how to seize power they pitted ethnic groups against each other. And religious groups against each other and started whipping up grievances, real and imagined. And then if, listen to the, see if this sounds familiar. If one Croat, for instance, got in a fight and killed a Serb, the Serb media would make an enormous deal of that and blow it wildly out of proportion. Then if it happened the other way, the other side would make a giant deal of it and the other guys would just ignore it and pretend it didn't happen at all. Mm, and then just these trouble. grievances were stoked and stoked and stoked. Until there was local violence, that's... local bombings, local burnings, local shootings. And then uh, a heavily, for instance, Croat city would be attacked by its neighbors in the Serb city. Even though, you know, six weeks ago, they were friends and co-workers. It's, it's really just, troubling. Oh, it's I'll amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we'll link it at armstrongandgetty.com. I tweeted about it, but we'll have the link at the website so you can find it really easily. So how much racism is there among the police? Uh, Attorney General Barr talked about that. Maybe we'll get to that next hour. Uh, How camping has changed as we're headed into Labor Day weekend for anybody who's camping. I got an update on The Mandalorian if you're into that show. But first, your sad alcoholic name. You know, you've played this game before, right? Your porn star name is your middle name plus... Uh, It's your your first dog's name or something. It's your pet's name plus... (laughs) I don't know. The street you grew up on. Or is that your... That's, That's your industrialist name. Your, I mean, it's your uh, middle name plus name. the street you grew up on. Your, that's your soap opera name <sighs> versus be, porn star name. Anyway, I, I think the, my industrialist name was Walter Indian. <laughs> this <laughs> might I be loved. too much setup for this because yes. I just thought this was kind of funny. Your sad alcoholic name is your first name plus your last name. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a sad alcoholic. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Oh, hey, wait now. Why? You, you reached out to the hand of friendship and gouged me in the eye. <laughs> Yikes. They have a good accompanying picture with this. But, uh... oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, what are you trying to do to people? Did you dig the up the vids about? People are drinking a little. What are you going to do? Did you dig up the Miley Cyrus clip we're looking for also, Sean? Oh, that, yeah. yeah I that got coming that. up later, too. So. She spoke out on something. We always just like to hear her mellifluous voice. <laughs> you want to hear a little preview of it? Just a tease. The villainizing. That's a that's a young woman. That's, that's a woman in her 20s. This sound clip brought to you by Marlboro. <laughs> the villainizing and the... Um, oh. 
Uh, Does she represent the Lollipop Guild? (laughs) All that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And uh, you may have seen a lot of the critical data that's been charted and graphed by the CDC. But as I've mentioned, some of the graphs that they're releasing seem a little unnecessary, as far as I'm concerned. For example, uh, I don't know if you've seen this one. Since March, there's been a 98% increase in Americans walking into their living rooms, stopping and saying, why did I come in here? Yeah, there's been a 68% increase in deciding not to learn another language after all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That might be one of the all-time, right up there with learning a musical instrument, where you think, hey, I really had to do that. And you can get into it, hey, it's going to be a lot of work. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Maybe yeah. it's not that important to me. There is something real about an object at rest tends to stay at rest. Oh, and no you, doubt. You get up and move, and suddenly things seem doable. I regularly think, how difficult would it be for me to uh, get as much exercise as I do, and I don't get enough, but how difficult would it be if I didn't have kids? I mean, if I didn't have that going on, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure I would. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I don't know. Right now, I got no choice, because I mean, there's so many things going on all day long, up and down the hall, laundry, school, this, that, ride bikes, get this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if yeah. I didn't have that, that I had to do, I don't know. I might be a lot of sedentary time. I, I certainly can't take credit for it. Uh, speaking of stats, this one yesterday hit me pretty hard. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Only one in every ten people who've ended up in intensive care with COVID we're in the range of healthy weight, according to a new study. That's from Bloomberg. One in ten. Only one in ten were in the range of healthy weight. Now, if you got half the country that's not in healthy weight to start with, you know, if you just kind of scattershot COVID out there, right, you're going to end up with a lot of people not in healthy weight. That well, way, and I think I think it's far more than half that are not in their healthy weight because that includes overweight. Yeah, which is a pretty strict standard. Obese, you're heavy. You got to lose a fair amount of weight. Yeah, I didn't go deep. If if they just mean not in the strict BMI range, which is hard to do. Yeah. Um. Oh. That is interesting, though. I mean, I, I wish they drilled down a little bit more. How I'll in the world that. is being 15 pounds overweight a comorbidity mm. for the vid? I'll look into that. I'll get more stats on that. Yeah, I'll try to get those next hour. Here's the most important poll I've seen yet. Uh, we keep saying over and over, and part one of the reasons I want to say this is I don't want rioting in the streets come of the day after the election. We are not going to know who won come election night. It is going to take a very long time, and there are there is going to be a lot of uh, struggle over which ballots count and which don't because of so many people voting by mail. We've never tried this before. Uh, uh, Attorney General Barr is going to speak to this next hour. We're going to play some clips for you. This this grand experiment that we're trying. We've never done this before. Anything even close to on this scale, this this uh, this amount of mail in voting. Trump is plus 33 over Biden among voters planning to vote in person. Trump has got a 33 point lead among people who are going to vote in person. Biden's got a 63 point lead among voters planning to vote by mail. Uh, as Ian Bremer said, it's hard to see this not being contested. So 
Yet Trump could be up huge on election night as everybody goes to bed. Oh, boy. As those votes come in. And every state, we can't call it because there are, you know, half the votes are still out there to be counted. And there is a huge difference between losing and being certain you've won than being told you've lost. Of course <laughs> I mean, there is. That whiplash of of emotion and ay ay ay. So that's part of why I guess Zuckerberg yesterday announced, uh, the billionaire a guy who runs uh, Facebook, that, uh, one, Facebook will not allow any new ads the week before the election. I thought that was kind of interesting. But he will not allow any premature claims of victory by candidates. So they Facebook will not allow anybody to claim they won if it hasn't been called by, I don't know who, who you consider a credible source, the New York Times, ABC News, whatever. But, hmm. but Keep listing things. <laughs> you can have Trump with a clear win on election night. If those are the only votes you counted, like he is, it's not even close. Right. And then Biden ends up winning in a landslide. A lot of people are going to have trouble accepting that, even though obviously mathematical that mathematically that's possible. Yeah. Oh, the one watch thing that me. those wash me. The one thing that those stats didn't make clear is what proportion of voters plan on doing those two things, uh, voting by mail or voting in person. Is it 50 50 or. I mean, if it's 50-50, then Biden's won. I don't think anybody knows for certain, although you right. know, you'd think with polling you could figure that out. But Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, gosh, dang it. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's quite a difference. Something to look forward to. <laughs> a little something to do in early November. Maybe all the way through December. Armstrong and Getty.